This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Eric Stokeby Fourth Generation, Missouri Meerschaum, and ThisPipeLife.com. We thank them for their support of this show, and we thank you for supporting them. Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. Hey, hey Bo, man. Good evening. Man, good evening to you, sir. Dude, it's been way too long. It, you know, the thing is, the, you know, it's all about time travel, right? <laughs> like, it's uh, it's a mental state of being. For yeah. the listener, uh, they have come with us to Chicago a, a weekend that we stretched out to three weeks. <laughs> and, uh, because we we are the masters of time and space. You know, I, yeah, I've, I've, a portal opened in, in, opened in Chicago. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, it took us back, and we, uh, we got to spend a lot of good time with uh, Albert Einstein. Uh, Al, oh. Al, Alfred Dunhill, oh, man, uh, all true. the uh, all the famous French pipe carvers from the early uh, early nineteenth century, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, uh, I, I think the. I think. Um, Have you been reading my graphic novel no, yeah. that I'm sending to Beardcore and, uh, and Russ? I think, yeah. I, I don't know. I might be on to something. Well, I, I, I went through the space time continuum, was able to get a hold of that too. Yeah. But, well, there you go. Yeah, it was it, great. It all comes together. It all comes together. Man, it's been uh, it's been quite a month. Yeah, we uh, as you know, if you're our regulars know, uh, we obviously uh, had a great time in Chicago and mm. uh, did that up big, and then t- took had enough content. We uh, took a few weeks off from the live show, and uh, you know, spent some time, uh, you know, doing our thing. Yeah, uh, which which was nice. I, I didn't know what to do with myself really on I, on Monday nights. I left the country. I, yeah, you did. <laughs> that's a, that's <laughs> you how did. lost I was. I went down to Mexico. That's incredible. Yeah, you, you went for uh, kind of a kind of a getaway thing, huh? Yeah, man, it was great. I you know I, I it's funny because I posted out on Twitter that I hadn't been on vacation in like two years, like not yeah. a true vacation because yeah, we've gone to New Orleans several times, but you know I'm just working from New Orleans. <laughs> I, I I I love that you haven't been in, on vacation in in that long, and it, it was really cool. Uh, I'll brag on you just a second here. Oh. We had a uh, a uh, our local paper, the Clarion Ledger, had an article on you and some of your uh, venture stuff, uh, particularly with Satchel and Pottery. And um, I, I love that in the the day the paper came out, <laughs> uh, you know, they they had you quoted as saying, "Man, I hadn't been on a vacation in two years." And and and, and this our article came out. And you're at the beach. I am at the beach. In, I in another you. country. And, and so you take a selfie and uh, and quote this article, and you're wearing, what, you're wearing like a bathrobe wearing or a bath something? Robe, There's like palm on the trees balcony, in the background. Yeah. Sipping champagne at like, you know, eight in the morning. That was gorgeous, man. I was like, man, this uh, the, the, the timing could not have been better. But uh, I thought that was hilarious. Man, it's great. I'm glad you got to, glad you got to get out a little bit and, and let your hair down, man. That's good. Yeah, no, it's good. No, I, um, I, I had a good time, but I'm absolutely glad to be back. I know that, uh, uh, even though it's been uh, it's been three weeks, it's felt far longer, man. I love uh, love hanging out with you on Monday nights. Yeah, and, ditto, man. Uh, this is uh, this is this is one of the highlights of my week, and, and man, we got a we got a great show to talk with people about today. Yeah, um, you know, I. I I do feel like I should mention it. It is my birthday. It, uh, it is. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so what are we, 48? Uh, you know we- what? <laughs> I was actually on somebody else's show recently, and yeah. they asked me how old I was. I was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm older than you guys. I'm, they were kind of younger in their 20s. I said, yeah. I'm 32, or I was about to turn 32, which is what I am today. And they're like, oh, yeah. okay. I could have sworn you were over 40. And <laughs> they weren't joking. Like, that's the thing. Turn the knife, baby. Dude. I always thought I had kind of a young kind of look thing going on, but I guess two kids <laughs> will age up pretty quick. Had, had you had you shaved at this point, or was it more of a uh, you know kind of a kind of a grizzled look? I mean, I look like I look now, just yeah. which I guess is over forty. No, that's I mean you know, <laughs> which for all of our over forty listeners, we know there are several of you there. Nothing wrong with that. It's right. just that I'm not. You're not. You're <laughs> you're not actually eight years from that. Yeah. Well, man, happy happy birthday, brother. Man, so glad we could spend the night. Uh, doing this together and uh, and celebrating. So uh, I hope I hope uh, plenty of uh, wonderful uh, wishes come your way. Uh, I, I was uh, thrilled the other day to open up Facebook and see this amazing um, uh, re- return of the Jedi poster. Oh yes, sir. Uh, w- with my face uh, uh, in- superimposed over Han Solo's face's body. Uh, you know, just uh, holding a blaster, and uh, of course you you uh, you know. Uh, posing beautifully as Luke Skywalker, and it, and it, I, I was just, I was just terrified. Return of the live show, man. I, there had to be some something big to let people know we were coming back to the traditional I, format. I, I, I was just terrified. It was, uh, it, it was really great, man. It, it's funny, uh, you know. Oddly enough, between Chicago and the time um, that you and I are getting together now, we had another pipe pilgrimage. Really, we did, and uh, a guy named Kirby Booth uh, came all the way from. 
uh, Northern California. Him and his uh, beautiful wife wow. came uh, just from uh, just from north of San Francisco there. And, you know, this happens occasionally. We get folks that uh, are passing, you know, kind of through the southeast, and so they'll swing by the Country Squire. Uh, this has become a thing. And you can look up other uh, folks that have done this on Instagram. There's a, a hashtag Pike Pilgrimage. Is there really? And, and so you can get on, on there and kind of kind of look and see. But uh, it was really cool. I love spending some time with Kirby. And Kirby uh, brought me some uh, some whiskey from San Francisco. <laughs> Which, which was really cool. Uh, but uh, it, it, this was awesome. Him and his wife were vacationing in New Orleans. Mm. Uh, and then they drove up. They took a whole day out of their vacation to come all the Man. way up to the Squire. Uh, and th- this That's is right awesome. as you had left town. So uh, so you... You uh you were out, but um but anyway he brought you something as well. No, and uh and and I think it's a little appropriate, <laughs> dude. Oh my gosh! Wait wait wait. Revenge. Okay. This is a this is a t shirt that now, says Star Wars: Revenge of the Jedi. Now, for those of who who do not know, Revenge it, of the Jedi was the original title for Return of the Jedi yeah. before it was changed because of course revenge is not necessarily a, a Jedi you know principle. It's That's more right. Like something associated with the Sith, which is why when they told the story of Revenge of the Sith. They went. They kind of did an homage to the, the original title for Jedi. But dude, where did he, did he make so, this? Shirt? So, so no, he has had this in his closet since the 1980s. Are you serious? And it was collecting dust. And Kirby was like, "Look, I, Bo is the the person I know that will appreciate this more than probably anyone on Earth." And dude. so he, he brought this awesome uh, Revenge of the Je- Jedi shirt. This is a collector's item, dude. Like this was on the market. And all this kind of stuff had to be removed from the market when uh, when Lucas changed the name yeah, of the movie, obviously. Yeah. And so, uh, man, congratulations. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, thanks to Kirby. How did you sit on this the entire time? <laughs> Dude, I, I wanted to bring it out on air. It's really man. cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Oh, my God. So I, Kirby, I, you said? Yeah. Like, like the love bug? That's right. That, <laughs> Cur- Kirby, that would be Herbie. Oh, that was Herbie. Yeah, yeah that, that that would be Herbie. Kirby was the pink uh, pink puff from Nintendo, right? Yeah, this is not that Kirby. <laughs> <laughs> Man, dude, you are awesome. Thank Man. you so much. Yeah, it was. We had a really great visit that day, and Kirby got the full experience too. We had a uh, had a full uh, a crew of our um, you know peanut gallery here in the shop, and so it was just insane. We uh, had a good afternoon solving the world's problems and uh, and, and and creating some too. It was, it was good. But anyway, he was very kind of. To bring uh bring you that and uh and bring me a little of the brown water from out west. So. I'm I'm a little taken back right now. That's <laughs> that's awesome. That that might be the best birthday present I've gotten all day. That's that's incredible. Thank pretty you. Pretty cool, man. Yeah, Thank pretty you cool. So much for that. Hey, one other announcement too. Um, yeah, it, it, it got a lot of cool stuff going on. Uh, stay tuned over the next few weeks. We got some really uh, interesting things going on here at the Country Squire, and we'll be rolling those things out uh, here in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to leave it kind of vague, just to um, uh, maybe uh, give you a little a little incentive to check in with us later. <laughs> maybe that's it. But uh, one thing I do want to mention: we are so excited today uh, to announce that um, on June 16th at from 5 to 8 p.m., we are going to have a Fathers, Friends. And fire event with oh, wow. uh, with our friends from Fourth Generation Pipes, yeah, uh, our our good friend Eric Stokeby, and uh, and then also uh, Kamoy Pipes, which are which are distributed by the same folks at Phillips and King. So uh, we are so excited! It's a Father's Day event kind of extravaganza. We'll have uh, uh, Fourth Generation Pipes, uh, leather goods, all the really cool high end leather stuff that they've come out recently. Of course, uh, Fourth Generation Pipes, good friend of the show, and um, and we're proud to have them as a partner. Uh, but then also the Kamoy Pipes as well. And, uh, and just, just what a lineage that has been passed down and has been, uh, rebooted in this new, uh, effort to, to re, uh, kind of reintroduce Kamoy. So, uh, so excited, man. Uh, June 16th, uh, the Thursday before Father's Day, 5 to 8 p.m. here at the Country Squire. Uh, come one, come all. I'm sure we'll have some, uh, strong drink and, uh, probably some food and, uh, some sweet pipes. Man, yeah. that's such a tobacco. appropriate event at such an appropriate time as well, because of course, you know, um, fathers and legacy is, is, is very much tied to the story of fourth generation. Yeah, that's uh, right. As you can kind of see from the, uh, the naming of naming convention itself. Uh, now Kamoy pipes, we actually did an episode on Kamoy pipes a couple of weeks ago called Kamoy meets world. So that's right. Sure check that out. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, man, Did we really name it that. That's what we call oh, it. That's yeah, great. That's, that's great. Uh, but uh, but as you mentioned, man, Eric uh, Eric Stowe could be fourth generation, of course, a sponsor of this show. And yeah. uh, as we've been doing for the last several weeks, we've been taking a look at various pipes and tobaccos that are part of that fourth generation series. Today, the pipe f- sponsoring the show is the 1957. Yeah. Now, tell us a little bit about the 1957. Yeah, beautiful pipe. Of course, all these, as we mentioned before. Uh, are you know designed by Eric Stokeby himself, and of course Stokeby is just one of the gold standard names in the pipe 
industry. Oh, yeah. Uh, but what Eric's done is he's created a, uh, with the 1957, a kind of a, a pot-shaped pipe. All these pipes have a little Danish influence to them, but uh, this is a very uh, traditional uh, you know, kind of uh, Western British style shape, but it, it definitely has a little Danish chunkiness to it, which is nice. And, <laughs> I like uh, that. Yeah, yeah, it's re- really beautiful. Uh, just a very handsome band that goes around it. And uh, like all the other uh, fourth generation pipes, comes in four different finishes. We've got a uh, dark porter, a natural vintage finish, a mature orange, and a burnt sienna, uh, which I think is particularly beautiful on this on this particular pipe. So uh just comes with a really uh really nice brass colored band and uh looks sharp. These are gonna be kinda kinda chunky pipes, something that your paws will feel mm-hmm. real comfortable uh sitting around and um man, we're just just tickled to had them as a sponsor this evening. There's so. a real specialness to his pipes as well. If you go to fourthgentobacco.com, you'll be able to actually check them out. Fourth Gen, uh, the number four actually in the in the website there. Yeah. Also the uh, the tobacco for the 19, uh, 19, 1957. Yeah, this is Eric Michaels blend, 1957 Eric Michaels blend. Uh, I'll read the description. It says, this blend is a perfect mixture of light Virginia tobaccos. Uh, when lit up, you'll find natural sweetness and taste with room notes of soft, creamy vanilla. And mm. it comes, uh, comes in a 40 gram and a 100 gram 10 and uh, we're uh, proud to have them as sponsors and of course if you come to our event on uh, June 16th, Fathers, Friends, and Fire, uh, you'll be able to buy and try all these tobaccos so, yeah. and, and pipes. They're gorgeous. I got yeah. a chance to sample uh, most all of them in uh, in Chicago, and yeah. man, oh man. They're good, man. Yeah, yeah. That that 1931 is is like, it, that, that should probably uh, be on some kind of uh, list of controlled substances, because that, <laughs> that stuff is really good. <laughs> What's, it, what? It's really hard for me to put that down. What's the one that's before that one? The uh, the Honey Blend, I think. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, yeah. The, the 1897, the dude, Eric Paul's Blend. I bought yeah. I bought one of those tins and, and added it to my cellar. Which, by the way, I've got like a freaking cellar now. Yeah, dude. What? Like, how did that happen? I don't know. Like, <laughs> I was actually surveying before going to Mexico which tobaccos. I snuck some of your tobaccos out of the country, by the way. Oh, hey, good. We didn't tell customs when going through. They asked if we had tobacco. And before I could answer, my wife said, nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love Mrs. York. That's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, no, man, I, I I got some of his stuff in the cellar. So That's awesome, really man. Yeah, stuff. well, really good tobaccos from Eric at at, uh, at Fourth Generation, and um, we thank them for supporting us, and we hope that you support them. You know, part of the reason why we are uh, doing this podcast and, and why most of you are tuning in is because there's a there's a love for good quality blended tobacco. Uh, That's right. It's a uh, it's a, a beautiful pastime with a rich history and also some great tasty blends out there. Uh, you yourself have been responsible for blending. Uh, a lot of great blends in the in the last several years that you've been a tobacconist, and you know there's a lot of concern going around right now for for things going around uh, legally speaking. And while historically, when we've done this podcast, we we talk about um, pseudo timeless events, or, or rather not events, but pseudo timeless subject matter. Yeah, right? sure. So we we talk about. Uh, uh, products we talk about shapes we talk about uh various blends we, we do blend pairings we go into the culture that surrounds the pipe that that's, that's right that's historically right. That's kind of our bread and butter yeah it's historically been our approach uh today we're doing something a little bit differently because of uh some recent uh litigation is that the right phraseology well no it's just uh we'll, we'll say uh government Interventional developments. There we go. That sounds good. How about that? We're of course talking about the uh, FDA regulation of cigars and pipe tobacco. That's right. Now this uh, kind of came about in the last few weeks while we've been uh, absent from from creating kind of you know uh, new new shows, and so you know there was a a large demand of the over the last couple of weeks. There's a lot of people confused about this. A lot of people wondering uh, our thoughts on it, and uh, we thought, you know what? We Let's probably take a whole show, dedicate a show yeah. to it, man. And yeah. I think that I think, uh, yeah, I think it'll it'll be hopefully very educational for everybody. Hopefully educational for me because I'm still trying to piece all this together. <laughs> well, it, it, and what's funny, uh, of course, we are talking about the FDA regulations that have come out, and uh, I think technically it's called their final rule uh, on on uh, deeming tobacco products. And so, uh, what they've done here, Bo, and th- this is um, it's still being flushed out. It's right. going to be litigated, uh, you know, on and on and on, but. Uh, yeah, just uh, interestingly enough, a few days after we leave Chicago, uh, you know, we kind of, I start getting all these phone calls and text messages and I'm like, have you heard? Have you heard? And it's like, you know, it, it, it's, it's almost like people are thinking it's the end of the world or something. And, right. uh, and so the FDA, of course, comes out with this final rule and, um, and, and, and it's the talk of the town in, in the tobacco world, in the premium tobacco world. So, um, yeah, uh, basically get, just, we'll kind of let you know what's going on and then we'll step back and get a little historical perspective yeah. on. Kind of, kind of where we're at, kind of how we got to this point. 
um, and then and then take it from there and uh, and see kind of where we think this is going. Yeah. So um, basically, what what our uh, our friends at the at the FDA have done is they have uh, taken uh, premium tobacco products like uh, pipes and cigars, uh, but then also other other tobacco products as well, such as uh, uh, inexpensive cigars that are short filler. And also um, uh, hookah products and uh, vape products, which are not tobacco products at all. They uh, just have nicotine. Right, right, right. Uh, and so they've taken all these e-cigarettes and, and, and then the other things and then lumped them in, of course, with premium things like pipes and, and cigars. And, and they even have, e-cigarettes. Uh, even e-cigarettes. Wow, okay. and, that, and, I, and I actually, that's one of the biggest thrusts of this whole deal, which we'll, we'll talk about huh. uh, shortly. Yeah. But uh, what they've done is they've taken that and said, we're going to treat all these products exactly like we do. Uh, the traditional standard American cigarette. Okay. So, um, it, basically what they've done is they've kind of, uh, imagine the, the rules and regulations that are thrust on top of, uh, you know, your regular pack of cigarettes, a camel or Marlboro or whatever you might buy at the, at the drugstore. Um, they've taken those, uh, the rules for that and then kind of, kind of thrust them now upon, um, you know, upon the premium tobacco world as well as this other stuff. Painting with broad brushstrokes. Broad brushstrokes. That's right. And and historically, this has been kind of uh, the, the, at least the culture that we've lived in, we've kind of had to fight against that narrative, right? We even did an episode called Separating the Stigma where we talked specifically about how not all tobacco products are created equal, uh, regardless of of how some people might view them. However, in this instance, it's uh, hitting fairly close to home how people are viewing them. Yeah, it it, it is. And, you know, we we do talk about this quite a bit because there is this push, uh, I think, by the folks, uh, you know, in some different industries that want to lump all of us together just to kind of, you know, everyone's got an interest in this to some degree, right? You know, the pipe and cigar stuff for a lot of uh, can, you know, interest groups, it's kind of a proxy war just for the greatest, for the greater, uh, war against, you know, big tobacco and all this kind of thing. But, uh, but, but then also some of the big tobacco companies have some real conflicting interests in this thing as well, which, mm. which we'll talk about some too. But, um, yeah, it, this is all very fascinating. And of course, it came down, uh, just, uh, just a few days after we left Chicago. Uh, basically what, what has happened here is uh, the and and it's very confusing. This is real convoluted, and it's one of those things where the more you look at it, the more you you go cross eyed and just <laughs> and, and and have trouble with it. And you've right. got you've got uh, attorneys and uh, you know folks kind of uh, planning some uh, litigation and stuff that uh, you can read various uh, and sundry articles and opinions online. And uh, one day they'll say this, the next day the same person will say something different, and uh, there's just a lot of uh, a lot of. Um, just a lot of convoluted interpretation of this going on. So, so we're in the very early situation. It's evolving. Yeah. We're in the very early st- stages of this thing. But uh, but we did want to talk about it. And so uh, I'm going to give lend to you my very uh, un. Uh, legal, uh, tr- legally trained <laughs> <laughs> expertise, and just kind of my uh, my broad brushstroke view from it uh, from from my position. John but, David Cole is a tobacconist. Um, he's not a lawyer, right? You <laughs> not take anything he says. He's an actual lawyer. Yeah, <laughs> say that in that really fast, annoying <laughs> voice <laughs> that like goes at the end of the commercial. Right, 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 right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So basically, what what they've done here is they they've come out with this uh, final rule, and again, they've kind of uh, they're taking e-cigarettes, uh, cigars, pipe tobacco, hookahs. Um, and, and kind of lumping it all in with the, uh, you know, with the standard cigarette stuff. And so, um, there's a lot of ramifications of this, Bo. We've got a lot of, uh, a lot of things that are going to come around, uh, because of this. So, um, the, the major thing now that they've kind of quote unquote deemed all these, uh, tobacco products to be, um, you know, tobacco in the sense that a, a regular cigarette is. Uh, the, the major thing is that they have picked this, uh, essentially an arbitrary date. Uh, for uh, February 15th of 2007, that any product that has been uh, put on the market after that date uh, has to be essentially within uh, two years, has to be withdrawn from the market, um, applied to go through a submission process through the FDA, through uh, the federal government, and then uh, and then has the opportunity, uh, you know, in theory, to come back on the market after that. And so, All right, so-, uh, so, 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 I mean, now, now think think about what I just said. Yeah. So so every every tobacco product, premium tobacco product. We're not talking cigarettes here. We're not uh, even talking you know cheap cigars or or even cigars at all. I mean we're, we're we're talking everything. We're talking everything. So think of your your most favorite small batch blend by uh, you know whether it be McClelland or Cornell and Deal or uh, you know the the folks at uh, Germain or 
um, you know, the, you know, uh, reintroduction of some of these really old blends that have come out. Yeah. Uh, things like Three Nuns and Balkan Sobrani. Like, wow. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, these are products that were off the market prior to 2007 and then have uh, been introduced or reintroduced. Um, and, and if all this stands uh, are about to go away. And so, uh, you know, basically what, what they've done is they're saying everything after this date of February 15th, 2007 has to be removed from the market and they have to go through the PMTA process, which is the pre-market tobacco application process. Um, now let me, let me give you just a, just an overview of kind of what that means. Sure. You know, it, the, what the, what the federal government is saying um, is, you know, well, you know, if you want your product to be back on the market, you just go through this PMTA process and then, you know, eventually it gets it back on the market. Um, the, the problem is with that, uh, is that for each individual product that goes back through this process, the PMTA process, it, it can cost hundreds of thousands of dollars for each individual SKU that is going back on the market. So, uh, each, so each individual product. Each individual product. So we're talking like they have to go through, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of uh, testing and, uh, you know, lawyers' fees and, um, you know, all kinds of uh, trial uh, things where they compare it to previous products that are already on the market and things like that. Um, and, and that's before they can even say if the, if the government's going to approve it to come back on the market or not. So, you know, Essentially, what they've done here is they've kind of created this giant bottleneck, um, and and we know how fast you know the government tends to work on some of these kind of things. Just to give you an idea, um, you know, it can take about five thousand hours worth of paperwork uh, just to do one product. Mm. Is is kind of what they're anticipating here, uh, and, and also since and of course it's going to be the government's highest priority to make sure that these tobacco products get back out, get back on the market, get back on the market. That's right. That's yeah, right. So yeah. so unfortunately, you know what we're what we have the prospect of is seeing a lot of our favorite new tobaccos. Um, and I say new, I mean, we're talking, you know, almost 10 years ago now. So, oh, wow, that is almost 10 years you know, ago. Yeah, yeah. 2007. I mean, we, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's almost a decade of time of innovation within the pipe tobacco world and, and cigar industry, uh, that will be gone. And, and, you know, you think like, okay, well, maybe they'll come back on the market. But, you know, at, at, at that point, you know, the, the only, players in this game that can afford to spend the millions of dollars mm -hmm. to get these, you know, products back on the market are going to be folks with really deep pockets. Well, um, so the well-established companies out there who, who have been kind of part of similar processes in the past, I mean, to some extent, this is similar ground to what's come before, but, but how does this impact, for example, your hometown tobacconist? Well, you know, you say it uh, doesn't affect the big companies as much, but, you know, to be honest, like when you when you talk about that, we're talking about the really big companies. Sure, sure, and, yeah. and what that means is the cigarette producers, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and what's what's telling about this, Bo, I think is that, um, you know, uh, the some of the main cigarette producers, people like Altria and Philip Morris, were actually behind uh, pushing for some of this regulation. Uh, and because what what that did is it forced the cigar and pipe premium folks to play by their rules, uh, which they're already subjected to. Um, another thing as well, uh, because all the stuff past 2007 has to come off the market now, um, they're essentially every, uh, you know, e-cigarettes and vape products are a real big thing right now. There's a, you know, of course, the government, you know, kind of, you know, said they wanted to take these things off the market so they could study what was inside them to, you know, make sure that they could be, um, you know, safe for public health and all that, which, you know, we can debate uh, the merits of that, you know, all day. Uh, but essentially, if you think about just the timeline of it, every single uh, e-cigarette or uh, vape product uh, was, with a very, very small number of exceptions, actually came on the market past 2007. And so all these vape shops that have opened up throughout the United States are immediately about to be a thing of the past because they, I mean, you, you think about it, like a vape product essentially did not even exist before 2007. Yeah, no, yeah. The only ones that did were, were owned uh, and promoted by some of the biggest uh, cigarette companies, which I think is very interesting. So, so, so it's you've like, got, it's like Coke making water. That, right. right, right. When bottled water became a thing, all of a sudden Coca Cola. <laughs> I guess had Coke, Coke's going to get in that business, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so you know, it, it. But what's fascinating is that you've got these big cigarette companies that are kind of pushing uh, some of this stuff, uh, causing the premium and the vape stuff to play 
uh, by their rules and and therefore hurting hurting the um, the more premium market overall. Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of you know gnashing of teeth right now amongst a lot of your you know high end tobacco blenders that are like, well, is it going to be worth uh, you know a company like you know McClelland or uh, Cornell and Deal or whoever to to reintroduce all these incredible blends that they've come out over the past ten years. Like, you know what what are the what are the gains and losses from doing that? You know what's the opportunity cost for you know resubmitting these things, go through years of wait. Uh, you know warehouses full of this stuff, uh, legal fees. You know all all this you know tied up production capacity and all these kind of things. Um, you know just to get. A, a blend, you know, like Exhausted Rooster reintroduced in, you know, 2023, <laughs> oh, man. You, you know, and so we, we, we're we having to wonder about that right now. Yeah. Um, you know, the, there's been estimates that, um, you know, over 50% of the modern cigar market could be uh, taken off the shelf within the next two years. And, and you think about that, like, you know, so much of the uh, cigar and pipe world right now is, you know, is is focused on the boutique small batch, you know, hand blended, hand, uh, you know, picked kind of stuff. Everyone loves the craft stuff. You know, we're kind of living in the craft culture right now. Um, and so, you know, this, this is gonna, you know, the, the, the folks that will be affected by this are those, are those folks, you know? You know, that's so, that's so infuriating Yeah. because I mean, you know, the, the people who are making the, like you, you're exactly right, which is the, the modern, uh, craft cigar roller, the modern craft tobacconist are making specialty products for a special market. Nobody's getting into tobacco right now because they want to like get a pipe in the mouth of every two year old. Yeah. I know. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> this isn't we're, the, the cigar and pipes, cigar and pipe shops and, and the folks making cigars, uh, the, the quality, the premium cigars, the folks making the quality, the premium tobaccos, they're not the cigarette companies. And that's, that really, and I mean, we've had this discussion before. And like I said, I would really encourage you to go and check out our, uh, separating the stigma episode where we kind of had a, a bit of a, a, a fairly honest, uh, opinion shared. That, yeah, that, sure. We also got some feedback from you guys. And, and I know that this is one of those situations where not all of us share the same opinion, yeah. but I do feel very passionately about that. This is not cigarettes. And the fact that the, the cigarette companies want to like drag everybody else down with them as if we're the same is so infuriating to yeah, me. Yeah. So, but, but getting back to it, you're exactly right. I mean, a lot of these even larger, but not the big, you know, not the big cigarette companies, but yeah, even you, larger players in the space are going to be impacted pretty you, heavily. You're still, you're still going to have, you know, a lot of, a lot of the big pipe tobacco folks yeah. that, that are, you know, going to think, well, you know, where are we going to put our resources? And so, um, you know, that, that's something that, uh, you know, we'll have to, you'll have to seriously look at. Now, I, you know, we get a treat, uh, tweet in from our friend, uh, Hocker, the Love Doctor. Mm. Uh, he, he tweets in, Jeremy Reeves, the master blender uh, at Cornell and Deal, says he feels that C&D will survive the regs regardless of the final outcome. And and you've got a lot of companies like Cornell and Deal that have been around for so long and, of course, have uh, just such uh, loyalty and uh, consumer, you know, just a, a market share and all these kind of things that that I think can and and, and will. Even the country squire, you know, we uh, people have been asking me like, are you is this something you're scared of? And like, man, are you kidding me? Like, I mean, we, you know, this is a this is a you know pipe shop that is, uh, you know, weathered, you know, the cigar boom of the 1990s and and very. Uh, deliberately did not pivot towards cigars yeah. uh, when we probably should have, <laughs> you know, just, uh, I mean, you know, if you're looking at it from a, from a purely economic standpoint. And so, uh, man, this ain't our first rodeo. Like we've been here a long time. And, um, and I think a lot of uh, tobacconists that have been here for a while uh, are going to be able to weather it. But, you know, is this something that is going to affect people's lives and also their selection opportunities? Like, yeah, yeah, it really is. It, it is it, particularly, you know the folks from the uh, from the vape standpoint, the e-cigarette standpoint. Uh, you're about to have tens of thousands of people out of work uh, over that. Now, you know we don't like to talk about politics on the show a lot, Bo. You we and I, you and I pride ourselves on that. Yeah. And, and even with this, it's it's very it's very touchy for me to kind of go um, you know back and forth on some of these things. And so uh, we want to respect people's opinions. But if we were having a political um, discussion, I would I would argue both sides of the opinion and do so in a way that got everybody <laughs> angry. That's just typically how I do it. But we're and not then, we're not we're not talking. I would politics. I would reach over there and find that mute button that you're always so prone to prone to. Hit, Where is the mute button? By the way? <laughs> I don't know. We need yeah. we need that. Uh, yeah, actually, we have a mute button. Yeah, now. We do now. Um, but yeah, it. You know, I think it's. Uh, 
I think it's one of those things where, you know, you're going to have players that are positioned well to, to weather the storm. Yeah. Um, but then you're also going to have folks that, that, that won't be able to. And I think those are a lot of your real newcomers on the market, uh, that just, just don't have an established, uh, you know, presence, uh, particularly those that didn't have any products on, on the shelf. Uh, you know, before before 2007. So um, all this has kind of come around, uh, you know, on on a really interesting track. I mean, we we again kind of, you know, reminding ourselves we don't talk a lot about politics. Sure. Um, in the 1990s, this all kind of started when the FDA tried to start, uh, you know, uh, it's regulating pipe tobacco. Um, and so, you know, you had kind of the FDA uh, you know, uh, trying to regulate pipe tobacco. And then there was this big Supreme Court ruling uh, in 2000 uh, where the FDA was actually sued by uh, Brown and Williamson Tobacco Corporation. Uh, and basically what the what the Supreme Court said was that, you know, the FDA did not have the express, you know, uh, a, a authority to regulate tobacco products. It was not uh, enumerated by Congress that the FDA had authority to, to regulate this mm. stuff. And so you went through the 2000s, you know, it, because of that, the FDA couldn't regulate any tobacco products. And uh, you went through the 2000s, uh, you know, you kind of think of the political environment there. And um, and so the FDA was was hands off with with this stuff. Um, and, and then in 2009, after the political winds, it kind of changed. Um, the Congress passed the uh, it was it was titled the uh, Family Smoking Prevention and Tobacco Control Act, uh, which gave the FDA essentially authority Overall tobacco, uh, and so uh, a lot of stuff happened that year. And and if, if you've if you've been around uh, not just pipe tobacco, but kind of tobacco as a whole over you know the course of the past several years, you you might have noticed some changes. One of the biggest changes I noticed um, was you got rid of basically all the um, flavored cigarettes that were out there. So even to this day, except for menthol, uh, you can't get really flavored cigarettes out there. Um, Another thing too, uh, you know, if, if you were used to, you know, you used to see cigarettes, uh, uh, you know, advertised as light cigarettes, uh, and, and you don't see light cigarettes anymore. They, they legally cannot call them that anymore. So now you'll, you'll have people say, well, what do you, which camel do you smoke? The camel blue or the camel, you know, silver or the, you know, Marlboro red or the Marlboro silver or whatever. And, uh, you know, they they've kind of had to change their marketing strategy based on this stuff too. So, um, you know, so a lot of things change with that. Also, some of the labeling and packaging things, um, you know, where 50 percent of the uh, front of the you know packaging unit had to be dedicated to, uh, you know, anti-smoking. You know, this this is a basically a warning label kind of thing. Um, and, and so fast forward now from 2009 to 2016. And uh, and so the FDA is kind of saying we're going to take those rules that have made it so stringent now for cigarettes, um, you know, which which a lot of us support, <laughs> you know, and and we're going to put that now onto uh, onto onto premium tobacco and, uh, you know, cigars and, and pipe tobacco. And so um, that's kind of where we find ourselves now. And, um, you know, it, is it is it complicated? Yes. Uh, is it, you know, not good news for uh pipe enthusiasts you know no it's not it's it's not but is this the end of the world or is it something no. where you know you're just uh you know going to be you know unable to you know get premium pipe tobacco from now on um no it, it, it's not that way and there are uh some some rumblings of things that are kind of going on i think to defend uh the interests of boutique and premium pipe smokers and that's important because i mean i think a lot of people are they're tweeting in right now even asking but senior chief uh, yeah. Bowser's castle. Yeah. Bag end. Yeah. Uh, you know, John, again, John David Cole has not been a tobacconist for the last 10 years. That's right. He's only been a tobacconist for the last couple of years. That's right. Uh, 10 years ago, you were what a baby. You're like, no, I, I was an, in, I was, <laughs> yes, I, I, I was an infant. That's right. But, but you know, yeah, <laughs> very, I mean, obviously a very bearded one, but. obviously, I mean, as, as fans of, of, of pipes and pipe tobacco, Cornell and Dill, Mac Barron, I mean, the, the, there's some names out there. Yeah. Um, Lane and what they've done. I mean, there's there's some big names out there that we know they've got some legacy blends that that will continue through kind of a what could potentially be seen as a dry spell. Yeah, uh, and and will probably at some point hopefully be reintroduced. But what about the the small batch blends made by the hometown tobacco? Made by the hometown. And yeah. more specifically, I mean, yeah. man, a lot of people who listen to this, they're yeah. they've bought your tobaccos, and many of them you've actually made custom blends for 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 them as well. Yeah. 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 So how does so, this impact 
like your your setup. Yeah, and, and, and those what, like you. What I'm uh, happy about is the the International uh, Premium uh, Cigar and Pipe Association. Uh, you know that gets together every year. They actually, of course, big lobby group, and these are all for retailers uh, that you know like us. We don't. Uh, you know, these are retailers that focus primarily on premium tobacco yeah. products. And so uh, they have asked for a legal clarification on part of this deal. Basically, uh, as, as a part of the uh, the ruling that came out, they've kind of said, OK, we are going to, you know, uh, require all the retailers, uh, you know, that that produce, uh, you know, custom blends to work, you know, almost be classified like a manufacturer and then go through the process of, of you know, becoming that and being regulated as such. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I think um, it, it's complicated. There, there's a lot of, you know, th- there's a lot of hope that maybe, you know, that'll be interpreted one way or the other. Um, but, you know, if you if you read it a certain way, you could probably read it that, uh, you know, a, 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 a small retailer without the right, uh, you know, certifications and all this kind of thing could not repackage a uh, a tobacco that's already on the market. Well, a lot of the tobaccos that I use are um, come in a bulk uh, blend, you know, or a bulk a bulk five pound bag of tobacco, and it's just something that I use. You know, we get blending ingredients like this. So um, now, are a lot of those blends have they been on the market uh, for years? Well, yeah, a lot of them have. You know, particularly the ones we use. Our shop is so old, and our recipes are so old, and and even the newer blends we use. A lot of our uh, newer blends use ingredients that have just been on the market for a really long time. Um, but it still, you know, comes down to the fact that, okay, well, you know, if, if the ingredients predate 2007, mm-hmm. you know, that's one thing, but, but are they going to, you know, say that you can't, um, you know, repackage the tobacco in house? Uh, and I think that's where the sticking point comes in. And, and, and that's where, you know, our, our friends, uh, at the IPCPR, uh, you know, they have uh, requested clarification on this, um, so w- w- which is good. And, you know, they're fighting for us. Th- they are. And, yeah. and I think the big, you know, the, the big hope right now is is in Congress, you know, and again, we're, we're going to tiptoe around all the political stuff here uh, very deliberately. <laughs> but, you know, uh, we, there's uh, a, a, a movement in Congress right now. Uh, with lots of, um, you know, basically these bills that have been introduced to kind of make a carve out for pipe tobacco and for cigars. Uh, and if I'm getting the numbers right, the House Resolution uh, 662 and I believe Senate Bill 441, if I'm if I'm correct, I could be butchering that. But but th- there's one on each side of the legislature there in, in D.C. Uh, that have kind of taken up uh, this, you know, banner for premium tobacco products and have said, like, let's carve out exceptions for, you know, the pipe world and the cigar world. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, every day uh, those um, bills are gaining more and more, uh, you know, co-signers for, you know, from the representatives and senators there, uh, you know, saying that they they want to support this. But, um, you know, so, so there is hope there. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, obviously if these rules are interpreted in a certain way, um, you know, we could, we could see the end of some, uh, some tobaccos that, you know, have been debuted here at the country squire and, and other, uh, small tobacconists, uh, you know, in the past several years. So, so I I think, you know, right now the answer is we don't really know. We we don't, we just don't really know. Can I put, can I kind of put it in, in terms of like foodstuffs to see if I'm following correctly? Yeah. So, so you make gumbo. Yeah. And it's good gumbo. I would never make good gumbo. <laughs> All right, so I'm I'm making a you gumbo. make the gumbo. <laughs> I'm making a. You've gumbo. You've actually won trophies for this stuff. And uh, and and I'm using Tabasco, right? And I love you know like Tabasco. Now Tabasco yeah. is a sauce that I did not personally make. That's it right. Is actually made uh, to be an ingredient. That's into right. something else. And That's so right. I use that as an ingredient into my gumbo. And let's say that you know Tabasco from time to time they put out new versions of their. Tabasco sauce. So let's say there's some sort of weird, wild, you know, Cajun mesquite Tabasco sauce they put out right. like two years ago. Right. And as crazy as that name sounds, it actually tastes pretty good when yeah. you mixed with some other stuff. That and I maybe you want to use it in a you know new recipe or something. Experiment so with it. I make this gumbo that's an award-winning gumbo. Right. But all of a sudden, um, the the uh, FDA or whomever says, okay, Tabasco cannot sell products. Yeah, it has to take all products off the market that were made in the last X amount of years. That's right. Which include that mesquite barbecue cage and whatever I just said, <laughs> and which means that I no longer have access to it. Therefore, that new gumbo I was making, right, 
I don't, I don't have any ability to make it anymore. That's right. Okay. That's so right. So I'm following. I, it, 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 it's something like that. Are yeah. you hungry? And, and I'm starving. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know about the uh, mesquite Cajun uh, uh, throw whatever, but I yeah, know. I mean, I think uh, I think a, a, a good Yorkist uh, gumbo would be great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rue York City, was that the Rue York City? That's yeah, what we that's were right. Uh, but yeah, I think, um, you know, I think we're just going to have to see how this shakes out. Uh, again, we're in the very early stages of this Uh you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, petitions going around right now. I, I saw quite a quite a few of them, if I can pull the website up on. Uh, you know, the White House has a, uh, a site where you can, uh, you know, create and then join on to petitions. Uh, it's called petitions.whitehouse.gov. Yeah, and, I remember uh, when uh, somebody commissioned, tried to commission the White House to build a Death Star. Yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think I signed on for that, actually. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, was, I was a big proponent of that. Oh, man. Uh, to dominate the universe, right? Right, right, um, right. As long as the gun's pointed that way, not right. this way. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, th- there are uh, a few petitions on there right now, which I would encourage you to support and uh you know we'll we'll be pointing folks to those over the next few weeks right. and and also as we learn more again I, you know, I've, I've talked round and round. We've kind of, you know, said a lot of things and that might be kind of confusing. And trust me, they really are. It is. <laughs> it is. I, yeah, I encourage you to read some of the stuff that the FDA handed down. Um, you know, if uh, this is an evolving thing, all this to say, this is confusing. Yep. It's evolving. It's something that uh, is going to continue to develop. And and um, and so we'll we'll see where it goes. But who was the group that you said, the, the lobbyist group that was trying to separate cigars and pipes from uh yeah the inter international gosh I always butcher it you think I, well you know all these groups names they all have like you know yeah ridiculous, the, uh, there's an acronym out there I'm it's sure it's the international premium cigar and pipe retailers the IPCPR yeah 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 but we they, need to reach out to them yeah let's, they, let's see they, if they're doing a shop talk they're or they're, like they're a really important organization the Squire's been a member since the you know since the beginning of yeah. our shop and um you know it's one of those um one of those things where you know just folks are folks are kind of uh trying to figure out, okay, what's the next step? And, uh, and there's a lot of folks that, um, that get it and, you know, there's hope out there. So I, I think from the Squire standpoint, uh, will a shop like us make it over the next, uh, you know, 40 years, man, we, we're, we're, we're good to go. Like this isn't our first rodeo. We've been down this before and we'll, we'll figure it out going forward. But, um, but that does not mean we shouldn't fight, uh, for, our hobby, for our rights, for our liberty, uh, you know, those things that we uh, hold dear and uh, and push back a little bit, maybe against the old uh, the old nanny state telling us what we can do. <laughs> so when you first read this uh, regulation, at first you were afraid. I mean, you were petrified. You thought that you could never. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you'll survive. It was terrible. <laughs> That's where I was going with that. I don't know. Anybody saw that coming? But uh, hey, man. Yeah. Good. Yeah, good. Good. Good segue. Good. Uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> the worst segue ever. <laughs> no, man, you uh, you did a you did a, a fantastic job. I think um, uh, explaining it in a way, hopefully that that uh, many of us can understand. And like you said, we'll uh, keep our our thumb to the pulse. And as new developments come out, we'll we'll kind of spread it out in news from time to time. That's right. Uh, and uh, you know, it, it, it'd be great if we could actually get some of these. Um, uh, kind of uh, counselors and uh, advocates to actually yep. uh, come on. Maybe not for a full show, maybe for a shop talk sometime. I think so. 15 minute check in. I or think so. Like the, the exciting thing has been uh, the out overwhelming, you know, outpouring of, yeah. of uh, you know, uh, just the, the voices of pipe enthusiasts that have come forward to say, like, you know, what are we going to do about this? And, and so I think you've seen a lot of that. Uh, and, and that's that's being represented by uh, folks that are, you know, kind of taking this banner up in Congress and, uh, you know, obviously the petitions that are going around. And so, uh, you know, right now, immediately, what can you do? Uh, man, you need to you need to contact your uh, your representative or, or senator and, uh, you know, encourage them or the White House, for that matter, and encourage them to take a look at this, um, you know, from a very uh, rational standpoint that uh, doesn't you know, look at it from, you know, very particular, you know, political eyes and just say, you know, what, what, what should we do as reasonable human beings about this for an industry that, uh, is very important, is very safe, uh, is, is, you know, has been, uh, you know, well thought of over the years, uh, but, you know, now with the changing political seas are kind of being lumped in with a, with a product that, uh, that, you know, has some negative connotations. I think, um, yeah, I think there's a there's a way to get through this, and I think that uh, that folks, hopefully, cooler heads will will prevail. Well, man, I tell you what, um, I think uh, I think this has been a very cool conversation, a cool headed conversation. It has considered, and I it think has. did a a fantastic job. And uh, you know who else does a fantastic job? 
Who's that, Bo? The good folks at Missouri Meerschaum. They do, man. They God do wait. a fantastic job <laughs> in, uh, in carving some just amazing corncob pipes. That's and, right. Uh, as y'all know, the uh, Missouri Meerschaum has been a sponsor of the show for just several, several weeks and months at this point. And we, we absolutely love them, the quality products they create. We've got a pipe sponsoring this show that is really cool and really tiny. Yeah. It's the Morgan corncob pipe, which is a delightful little nose warmer. It actually has that natural finish. Is that what you... I, I've been calling it a natural finish on those style, but, but what would you yeah. say that is? Yeah, yeah. It's a natural finish. Uh, they have one, uh, I believe, that is a uh, that is a uh, polished finish. Oh, do they then, really? Yeah, they do. They have oh, one of each, awesome. but then uh, but then they also have the natural finish. And so, uh, yeah, th- think of a small uh, apple shaped pipe. And and one of our best selling Savinelli shapes here at the shop is a two oh seven Savinelli. Mm. It's a real compact, uh, you know, apple shaped pipe, straight pipe. And uh, man, this is like. This is the the Missouri Meerschaum version of that, and it is just so perfect. It is a, it is the great pocket pipe uh, for your everyday use. So like just that. a real nice uh, kind of lengthy shank compared to the size of the uh, the bowl on this pipe, and uh, it's one of those that I think you'll be tempted to tote with you wherever you go. I'm, I'm tempted to become like a Missouri Meerschaum collector. I mean, the prices on all these there's things a reason are so people do, <laughs> and I mean, like all the various shapes and styles you can get. I mean, it's yeah. it's kind of tempting. It's, yeah. It's calling me in. <laughs> it looks great. But yeah. So check it out, guys. Missouri Meerschaum, they make quality products. Again, we thank them for being a sponsor of the show. And we thank you guys for going and checking out their products. And if you happen to have a Morgan corncob pipe, be yep. sure to take a selfie with it. Smoke it this week. Uh, and uh, yeah, tweet those into us. We will retweet those out. And uh, again, thanks to good folks at Missouri Meerschaum. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Pipe question, question of, of the, the week. week. My question of the week comes in from Morton, and I've been calling him Sandevi, but his name I is love actually this. Sanvi. Yeah, that's right. Okay, Morton <laughs> Sanvi. Sorry, Morton. <laughs> and 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 he he mentions that he's Danish too, which uh, which you know, I mean, Danish and dyslexic, and so he gives me the pass because he get like <laughs> that's fair. We get we get each other. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, Morton writes and he says, "Hey, Bo and John David, I wanted to ask you about allocating a different tobacco for specific pipe." Uh, when it started, when I started out my pipe smoking adventure, I gra- gravitated towards English blends uh, that I was all, that, and that was all I smoked. I still like English blends, but during a long flu (parentheses) that's when I, the fever took over and I went crazy on the quick fire questions. <laughs> in the parentheses, I somehow went through a taste transition, and Orlick Golden Slice became my new best friend. Uh, the flu is now all gone, and Latakia has begun rearing its ugly face from time to time again. So I'm thinking, with Latakia back in my life, I was trying to think about uh, allocating specific pipes for Latakia blends, but somehow I feel kind of reluctant to do so. Yeah. Um, due to that I am uh, a day-to-day grocery shopper type. I never know <laughs> what I'm in the mood for. And I feel like with pipes, uh, I feel like that with pipes too. So what are your thoughts and uh, what do you guys do? 
And then he also uh, gives uh, some praise for the show. He says he can't thank us enough for the uh, for the podcast, and also gives me a, a large amount of grace for for butchering his name for weeks upon weeks upon weeks. Years, we doing weeks. That. What are you talking about? Years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Morton, Sorry about that. Morton. Morton's been such a good friend of the show for a long time. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, That's right. And uh, man, we thank you for writing in, brother. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is interesting. You know, I, it, you know, so the, the flu is gone now. Latakia is back in the ball game. And so we're thinking, okay, how do we reintroduce this without, uh, you know, messing up your collection? I, 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 I don't know. I think you are going to have to pick out some pipes that, uh, you don't mind tasting a little smoky for a while. You know, um, it, that's one of those things I, I have I have learned and even lamented the fact about myself over the past year uh, that I have I have become more and more of a uh, pipe smoker that does not smoke a lot of Latakia. I just don't smoke a lot of it, and the and the blends I do smoke that feature Latakia uh, are just very very small small amount. You know, it's a very small proportion of, of Latakia in those blends, and so uh, when I do smoke a, a Latakia blend, um, you know, I tend to pull for specific pipes that. Uh, just, you know, are kind of set aside for those. And, um, you know, and, and, and I just kind of segregate them in different pipes. I don't know. I think you, I think you may have to do the same thing. Now, now let's think about it rationally, though. If you have a, uh, pipe that, you know, you uh, dedicate maybe to Virginia's or, mm. uh, you know, some other type of blend, you know, you mentioned you like Orlet Golden Slice, Morton. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, if you smoke a English blend in there that's not just a, a Latakia bomb, uh, of some description, uh, just a blend that won't uh, completely overwhelm it. I think you're fine, you That's know, and, and and even an occasional blend, you know, here and there that, uh, you know, has Latakia, uh, you know, even a good bit of Latakia. I think as long as it's not a regular all the time thing, you're not going to mess up pipes that, um, you know, that that have, uh, you know, have a certain taste to them or anything like that. You might get a little ghosting, but, you know, to be honest with you, man, you're a pipe smoker because you enjoy it. You don't, you, you probably don't own a bunch of pipes just as decorations. You want to smoke them and enjoy them. And, uh, man, your, your pipe can handle whatever blend you put in it. So, uh, you know, if you've got a, got a blend that's broken in for Orlick Golden Slice, man, um, you know, if it's, if it's a real, uh, you know, time of day and you're just craving a good English blend, man, put it in there and, and don't smoke an English blend in there again for, for a while. And, uh, and, and man, it, it'll be fine. You know, th- this, this question speaks to me personally, cause I'm yeah. the exact same way. Yeah. Like I'm very much, I, you know, I, Maybe one day I'm in the mood for this. Maybe I'm uh, in the mood for that. And the same thing with my pipes. It's like, all right, what am I going to do and what am I in the mood for it? Yeah. It's it's very rarely, you know, just the exact same thing. I love that he describes himself as a day-to-day grocery <laughs> shopper. Yeah. yeah. And and I get that. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I'm very, you know, I, I have very eclectic taste. I never want the same thing. Like our customers that come in and, and have for years, they've bought, uh, you know, Cherokee by the pound yeah. every month for, you know, 40 years. Like I... I don't know how they do it. I mean, I, you know, it's one thing to smoke that much tobacco, but then also, uh, you know, how do you, uh, how do you just go through life without the variety? I I don't know. So I, you know, (laughs) I I think, man, your, your pipes are versatile. They can take the heat, uh, load them up and, um, and, and smoke them. And, you know, if it's got a little ghosting, man, you'll be fine. Well, and I would also encourage you to start checking out some mortar pipes as well, which are really good yeah. for kind of switching out different tobaccos. That's right. Uh, we talk all the time about having a good corn cob pipe, uh, like, like the good folks at Missouri Meerschaum. That's right. Uh, and, uh, and making sure that you have kind of something there that if, if you want to try something new that maybe is outside of uh, a, a rotation or something of that nature, uh, you can kind of gravitate. For me personally, I, I tend to, when I'm very fickle, if I'm going to go somewhere and I still haven't pick, picked out what I'm going to smoke, I typically go specifically with my Morta, my Rhino, or, uh, yeah. or one of my uh, Missouri Meerschaum. Or a Missouri Meerschaum, yeah. 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 Cobb Pipe is, uh, is is perfect for that. So, yeah, work that into your rotation. And, uh, yeah, good call on the, on the Morta, too, man. Mm-hmm. Morta is, is just smokes, or, or, or you know, Turkish Meerschaum, yeah, too. Yeah, they yeah. just smoke so clean. They just clean, clean smokes. You don't really build cake, and, you know, it's a, uh, it's a good opportunity to just smoke whatever you want. Quick, Quick fire, fire with the Squire. squire. All right, man, we got some great quick fire questions in. These actually come in from Varge the Pipe Pirate. <laughs> man, we met Varge. Is this a real person? No, yeah, we met him in Chicago. <laughs> man, it was great. We met so many awesome people we in really Chicago, did. man. Yeah. It was great. I was just uh, just chatting the other day online with uh, our friend Steve from Wisconsin. And, uh, man, we just had folks all over the world that uh, that we really got to spend a lot of good time with. So that was great. He actually he sent in some quick fire questions a while back with, with somewhat of a, a Chicago Chicago theme, although it's kind of all over the place. So here we go. Entertainment is the theme of tonight's uh, tonight's uh, quickfire questions. Got it. 
Bill Murray or Stephen Colbert? Uh, Steve Colbert. Yeah, man. Yeah, now, Bill Murray. That's a little. That's a little vintage. I think. I, oh, I, I don't there's know. a lot it's of not... listeners who you just made really mad. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It just seems a little dated. I, I don't know. I, I, I gotta go. With Stephen Colbert. Uh, Bill Bill Murray is a classic. Stephen Colbert is a treasure. I'm gonna have to go with Stephen Colbert. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's that's, that's how I'm gonna go. Uh, John, I think we're gonna get a little hate. Mail. We're gonna get a lot of hate. Mail. <laughs> just, just you wait for what's coming. John Belushi or Chris Farley. Ooh, that's a good one. That is a Ooh. really, really kind of tough one. <laughs> Man, that's just mean. Uh, Chris Farley? I'm going to go Belushi. Okay. Um, Farley was John, great. John Belushi? Yeah. John Belushi. I'm going to go with Belushi. <laughs> uh, yeah, Farley's Farley's excellent. I mean, you can't beat his uh, Chippendale dance with the flab going everywhere. That but, is, uh, is pretty great. And the van down by the river, of course, classic. But um, now yeah. Belushi, was, he was, uh, man, his, he did The Godfather, right, back in the day? Uh he had a Godfather sketch that he was. Uh, I can't remember to be honest with you. His Marlon Brando. I, I, can't, <laughs> I can't do it. Uh, that was pretty good. You thank did, you. You did a good job. Siskel or Ebert? Probably Robert Ebert. Yeah, Ro- Ro- Roger Ebert. Cisco. Yeah. Cisco was dead. Right when we were growing up. Well, yeah, but then Ebert, I think Roger Ebert died uh, just a few years ago. Very, very recently. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I remember very specifically uh, Ebert and Roper, I think, was uh, his. Yeah, his, it was Ebert, Ebert and Roper. Yeah, so the replacement. But, uh, you know, Ebert was e- Ebert was interesting. He would, um, it, he had these really uh, wonderful ways of just skewering these awful <laughs> movies. You know, I, I don't yeah. know if, and, and what's funny is that, you know, I don't even watch movies. I, y'all make fun of me for this all the time. I don't know any of this. It's a miracle I even knew what Revenge of the Jedi was when you got that t-shirt. Oh, man, that's but, great. you know, it's, um, you know, it, it, Ebert had this uh, great, this great way of just skewering these awful movies in this very poetic way. I, I would really encourage you to look up some of his uh, just more severe uh, critiques of, of some movies over the past 20 years. I, I think you thoroughly enjoy Skewer is that. exactly the word. That's yeah. well played. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And finally, John Cusack or Joan Cusack? Uh, I, I have no opinion. John Cusack. I'll go with John Cusack. I'm not a big fan, but if I had to choose, <laughs> that's that's how I go. Great, great quick fire question. He's actually, we got tons of them, man. So uh, we'll be going through Varge, the Pipe Pirates, uh, quick fire questions. Dude, for, those, uh, yeah, those are great. Those are great. Well, hey, uh, great, great quick fire questions, of course, from Varge, the Pipe Pirate. Uh, if you've got some quick fire questions, man, you awesome. can send them in, csr at potisteri.com. Uh, hey, we want to also tell you finally about our last sponsor before jumping into our uh, listener feedback this Dude, week. Yeah, absolutely. Now, of course, if you followed us through the, this, uh, if you followed us during the uh, the Chicago Pipe Show and our coverage there, you know we were brought out there by the uh, the brand new web community, This Pipe Life. And uh, This Pipe Life is now sponsoring the show. We're That's really right. excited about this, guys. It's an online community that is unlike any other. It's very visual in its approach. Uh, there is kind of a, a Facebook, Instagram um Freshness, I think, I guess is the, the, yeah, the word to kind to of it. describe it. Yeah. Uh, when you, when you go in, you do have to register to get in. If you go to thispipelife.com, you can go ahead and register to get in. Uh, there's forums, there's images. It's a, it's a really cool place. Um, we actually, we are, we are registered there under Country Squire Radio, I think is the account. That's right. All one word, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we'll be popping on the forums there from time to time too. And, uh, and yeah, we're really, uh, really looking forward to, uh, being more and more involved in that community. And That's we right. Want to thank the good folks at This Pipe Life for sponsoring the show. Absolutely. Your thoughts, your comments. Listener feedback. All right, listener feedback this week. Um, oh, man. <laughs> this is almost kind of becoming its own segment, but uh, we're going to kick off listener feedback with uh, a return a return of a favorite here. You ready for this? Yeah, bring it. He won an Olympic gold medal in fencing using a broken pipe stem. That, that's That's fair. I think I could do that. He once sailed around the world without a sail. He used bikini tops knotted together. <laughs> they were your own. I mean, let's be honest. They were my own, right? <laughs> right. He's such an icon that Gandalf blows smoke in the shape of his face. <laughs> he smokes so well, his mama smacks you. <laughs> he is John David Cole, the most interesting man in pipe tobacco. That's ridiculous, man. I love I, that. That is yeah. my that is my favorite thing. We'll, as you know, y'all keep sending them in, man, and we'll keep doing it. Those uh, came, those are great. It's a combination of uh, man. If Gandalf blew out a puff of smoke that looked like me, like I, I think people would, people would recoil in horror. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, those came in from uh, Homestead Economics in uh, Portland, Paul. So thanks, guys, so much. Yeah, that's awesome. We got uh, Facebook. My mama would not smack anyone. No, no, she's one of the sweetest people on the planet. 
uh, you, but that, that's the thing. You just smoke that good. That's yeah, the, no, that's it. That's uh, Eric E. on Facebook writes in and says, Hey guys, I'm new to your show and I'm really enjoying it. On your Latakia show, you brought up chicory coffee. Mm. Uh, a little more on a historical note, chicory was introduced to coffee by the French settlers from Europe and French Cajuns from Canada. Uh, Napoleon desired to make French independent. Uh, of any imports such as coffee, so he ordered the drinking of chicory as a coffee substitute. Uh, people began mixing it with coffee grounds to make the their beans go further, and soon many drinkers preferred the flavor. Chicory, neat, never really took uh, uh, never really took off, but chicory coffee did. Keep up the great program, and that again is from Eric E on Facebook. Dude, great, great call on that. That's so cool. I, yeah, it's really funny. I was actually uh, just drinking a huge cup of uh, community coffee with chicory uh, this morning. That's kind of my morning go-to, and uh, I, I, I had a particular jitter to my uh, step today, <laughs> and I, I think it's because I've had my maybe a little bit too much chicory in my there coffee. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, man, it's it's one of those things. It's uh, just a you know kind of a, a French American tradition, particularly from. Uh, from the south around Louisiana, we we love that good coffee with chicory in it. And uh, man, I, I um, yeah, great great his, history lesson there. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Yep. Uh, and then finally, we got an iTunes review from Hello. <laughs> you got me on that username. Wait, you want to read that one? You first? want me to get this one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> this is from iTunes. Uh, H Lokes, Helokes, maybe. Uh, oh, okay. One of the pest. Uh, let's see. One of the best on the net, he says. Uh, I stumbled across the show while looking for pipe information. Since finding it three weeks ago, I've listened to all the past episodes, which for the most part are timeless and informative. Uh, John, David, and Bo mix together pipes, their lives, their beliefs, and other fun items to keep it interesting and enjoyable. I'm looking forward to making a trip through Jackson soon, uh, where I hope to meet them and pick up some great tobaccos. Man, absolutely, brother. You can buy any time you want. We appreciate your uh, writing in. We'd love to have you here. Absolutely. Thank you so much. That's uh, great, uh, great listener feedback. We also want to encourage you, if you've not done so already, uh, go over to iTunes and write us a review. Yeah. It's a great way to show some love for the show, and it doesn't cost you a dime to do it. So uh, go to iTunes. And the other th- nice thing, too, is you know we get these wonderful emails. We get great Facebook messages in. We try to pepper those through, and sometimes it, it can even take months before we actually kind of get a uh, an email in. But if you write us an iTunes review, it's guaranteed to be read on the show. So... Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> <laughs> Go write us an iTunes review. Uh, we also want to encourage you to uh, be sure to check out the live show. We want to give special thanks to those who are checking out the live show on uh, CountrySquireRadio.com yeah. on Monday nights. Uh, you can join us and be part of the conversation. Uh, if you uh, join us at CountrySquireRadio.com on Monday nights, that is 6.30 p.m. Central Time, 4.30 Pacific, 7.30 Eastern. CountrySquireRadio.com is the place to be. If you head over to Twitter, at Squire Radio, if you follow us there, you can actually tweet into us during the show as we've gotten some great and uh, wonderful commentary from all of y'all who've been tuning in uh, for this particular week. We encourage you to do so throughout the week. Again, at Squire Radio on Twitter is where you can follow the show. You can follow me at the Real Bo York. I'm at John David Cole, or you can get us at the shop at at underscore Country Squire. And, uh, of course, again, all that information can be found at CountrySquireRadio.com. Hey, our friend uh, Varge uh, wants to be sure that we know that if the FDA ruling goes through, uh, he won't be the only pipe pirate. Oh! That's probably that's probably true. That's probably true. I, 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 could, I could see that. Hey, uh, that, this has actually kind of works as a nice little tease for what we're going to be talking about next week. Yeah, I could say. Good tease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, next, next week's show. So next week, you know, we, we did this a long time ago. We did a uh, podcast on, uh, on pipes and pirates and pipe tobacco during the golden age of piracy. Yep. Uh, we're going to reopen that topic i've been in a major pirate kick when i was in mexico i was actually reading a book uh, called if a pirate i must be and like tobacco is all through that because tobacco was such a huge commodity that was uh, constantly being transported across the ocean which of course was constantly being uh, kidnapped and uh, and added to the prizes of pirates so i'm looking forward to uh i'm looking forward to that one my friend i'm just looking forward to our fabulous bow york accent oh yeah it's gonna be great that's pirates that's gonna be a good one so uh, y'all check out that but uh man Let's go have a night. All right, brother. Good to see you. You've been listening to Country Squire Radio. For more information on this and other shows, please visit Pottery.com.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.